The Koi Gig Pod. There's no way Arsenal would let her go. It's all kind of mind games going on, which is a lot of fun. Picked up more attention than any other actual transfer. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Zebo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Everybody gets over the line. Try from Ulster. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Hello and welcome along, I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 57 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel and with me as always is Neve. Uh, how was your weekend Neve? How did you match? Were you busy? We were busy, yeah. We played a uh, cook on Saturday morning in the AIL Cup before the men's game so uh, it was good, good win. Um, opportunities for girls that don't regularly play AIL so it's great. It's, it's We're finding it's uh, been a real benefit for us. And then obviously Sunday the uh, the next tier players were playing in the combined provinces in the Kingspan so uh, they had a very good win against the Scottish side so um, it's good it's good do you think that's beneficial for for everyone involved and um... yeah hugely I think I think what it is is it's really important that um, if you think about a ladder the AIL is probably the bottom and the Interpros are a step or two above it and then the combined provinces just an increase in intensity again so it just gives players that will make that Six Nations squad a really good run in there um, it also means that you know you're training better with better intensity um, than most clubs would be and and you're getting better in terms of your skills so look it's been huge it's been very important for some of the girls you know we've had a couple from Munster that got in there and um, already, you know, in their development, and um, you, you can see um, little increases in terms of things that they're getting better at. So it's been great. And is that important to you and and um, the rest of the Irish coaches? Given the Six Nations is kind of around the corner for you guys, that they're these girls are playing more of a high intensity rugby. We've had that debate before that they were undercooked going into some big World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, huge. And to be fair to Greg, you know, um, if they're not involved in the Celtic Cup weekend, so so the match 25 or whatever it is, they're all released back to play with their clubs, which is huge. So games are really important, especially in women's rugby. They they learn most from games. They get more touches on the ball in games um, and their fitness and um, ability to keep going, you know, increases all the time. It's very difficult at times to get that in training when there's a huge disparity in, in the levels in most clubs. Um, so, yeah, look, I think it's been huge. And um, I think I think Ireland have learned their lessons from previous years and, and have realised that games are key. And um, the more, you know, you can you can tailor training during the week if you can get 80 minutes out of players at the weekend. So it's it's great. It's been really good, to be fair. Okay, that's good to see. Um, obviously, we've no monster game to talk about at the weekend, but... Um... Still great excitement, the opening rounds of the Six Nations. Um, we had the 20s Friday night, which um, was was a brilliant win for, for the Irish 20s over in Wales. But the senior side on Saturday, uh, 34-10, very strong win. Um, I put a tweet out yesterday and obviously um, we've got a good bit of engagement. People are very pleased. Um, we wanted to make this Irish friendly today, the podcast, not <laughs> not just for Munster fans. I didn't know what to say, really. Um, it's for everyone, really, because it is Team Ireland these couple of weeks now and uh, really important. And I think it was a brilliant start. So what are the Irish fans saying about the performance and um, the start with a win over in Wales? 
Yeah, look, obviously it was, it was hugely positive. Phil Quinlan, absolutely, sorry, I'll start again. Phil Quinlan, absurdly brilliant start. Exactly what was needed, tearing to them. French will be a different prospect altogether. We'll fancy the challenge in the scrum. Murray will steady the ship when fans have their purple patch. Gavin Murphy, Murray had a great game, but he was given an armchair, armchair ride against a sluggish Welsh pack. The French will slow the ball down next week and Connor's a very tall man to have to dig, go digging for the ball. Therefore, Casey should start. Interesting. Uh, Tom Lundgren, clinical first half job done on 25 minutes of bonus point added in second half, which was unexpectedly different to the first. Or was it just expectantly different to the first? Under 20s win on Friday with a man in the match, tip man Brian Gleeson. Sure, you'll have your spiel about that in a minute. Uh, Leinster's Sam Prendergast at 10 looks a ball player. France looked often in Italy, so he take heart from that. Um, Theobald up on on. Probably Murray's best game in green for some time. Uh, Kate, great first half. Seemed to lose their way a little in the second, but defended well. A few rusty bits, but some players short on game time would expect them to go up a gear next week. Very afraid of French black backlash after a fairly poor performance, especially discipline against Italy. Uh, Martin Sheehan, precision, power, pace for the first 30 minutes. Concentration probably dropped in the second half as they know it was a done deal. I thought McCluskey was well worth a starting place. Deserves to start versus France. Um, Jimmy Docks, Ireland are an exceptional team. Quinn Doris is a phenomenal player and you think playing bird in the row makes him less effective at the break- breakdown, but he gets through so much work, it doesn't matter. They're a class side. Very, a very optimistic um, game. Uh, pre- uh, games uh, thought here. Ireland by 10 to 15 points uh, versus France. I don't know about that now. Brave call. Uh, brave call. Um, Casey, this is from Christopher Murphy. Casey and Byrne, allowing with the rest of the bench, managed to get the attack back into sync when they came on. If a sec- similar decon, if a similar second half slowdown occurs, do you think Andy Farrell trusts them enough to bring them on earlier to generate a spark? Um, we'll know. We'll know on Saturday. I don't know. I think um, one of the stats that come out and and it 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 really. It gives this team a different kind of edge to the to the way they play is the rock speed, um, yeah. and sixty three point five percent of Ireland's rock speed was under three seconds on Saturday, and that tells its story. And they look that's why they look so good. They're very comfortable on the ball. Um, three to six seconds, twenty six percent, and six seconds plus ten point four percent. So. The vast majority of their uh, breakdowns are are under that three seconds. Yeah. And that is the worry and the concern. How do you stop Ireland? Um, how do you stop Leinster? Because yeah. the vast majority of these players are Leinster players. And, and that's the kind of debate that, that goes on. But um, lots of teams are trying to do that. I think Ireland's accuracy around the breakdown, their footwork into contact is exceptional. Um, their, their ball carry for me is, is so key. Yeah, and just that, we'll, we'll talk about in a minute, that period that Wales had in the second half. I yeah. think they, their rook speed completely changed. They get yeah. it up to 58% under three seconds. And it, no matter who you are, when you have quick line speed or quick breakdown like that, it's hard to defend and it's hard yeah. to kind of win turnovers and get the ball back. 100%. A lot of love for Conor Murray. Um, I'm just going to read out this one here from Damien O'Sullivan. And I'm actually going to, I think this is actually directed at you. I don't think it's directed at me. 
why do you not give Conor Murray the same respect he should the rest of the Irish team? Conor played well the last day, but you and then you but you and then them Lencer lads love writing him off. We are proud of Conor, top class person and top That's class that's player. at me, is it? Well it has yeah. to be, I take it. I'm all, I'm I a think- big Conor Murray fan. Yeah, and I've always been, I've always uh, trumpeted Conor Murray. I think, you know, no matter how good you are, players will experience dips in form, um, different sort of challenges. When you're in your 30s and you have a dip in form, people can very easily write you off. And that's sometimes a bit unfair. So some of it is unfair. Some of it is justified. The way the game has gone and changed. Conor's a big scrum half. Um, Does he have the same zip? and speed and, and low centre of gravity as, as smaller scrum halves. No, he doesn't. He, the, his biggest trend is his kicking game, being able to run with the ball. His passing is obviously good. Um, I, I think we saw a, a different a Conor Murray of old in terms of the experience of knowing when to put your foot on the ball and put it up in the air, but also the ability now to go after defenders, which we haven't really seen. For me, I know people talk about his kicking all the time. I just think his defensive work is so underrated. His ability to cover the line, to cover tackles, when the ball goes out to that kind of edge play, his his work rate's phenomenal in there. But it's, his tackle tech is very, very good. Um, I thought he was really, really good. I thought um, I, I, was, I, was, I was very mad. I was actually angry when I went on Twitter after the game the other day and I saw lots of people giving out about him. I think it's a lazy way to look at the game. It's just like the perception of him is that he's um, not quick and kicks the ball away too much. Like you're in an international game inside in the Principality where the roof is closed. The environment is absolutely electric. And you know that if you can break their momentum in terms of quieting that crowd down and not play in your own half and not give them early access and easy access, then you're going to be on top. And I just thought he did that really, really well, but people are giving out, oh, we're going back to kicking. We're not. We've always kicked. Yeah, we had to, obviously the team, they have to kind of clear, kick out of, out of defence at oh, times. And, so and use the box, the box kick when, when it is slower. Um, I think obviously the one before half time when the clock is nearly in the red and he kicks a box kick and we end up... Ireland ended up on their own line, uh, nearly conceding, but getting in before half time, very crucial. Um, and look, it's hard when you're out there to know that there's eight seconds or nine seconds on the clock. That needs to be communicated better. That just needs I, to be messages from players. Yeah, but from look, the without, la- without laboring the point, I thought he had a very good game. I was really pleased for him and he had plenty of zip and energy in, in that performance. Um, Craig Casey's a different player, so is Gibson Park. Connor Murray's big strengths. Um, and I think his physicality is second to none. Um, and he's very, very important defender as well. So he's he's stronger in those departments than Gibson Park or uh, Craig Casey or Caelan Blade um, or Paddy Patterson, you know. And he's gone. He struggled a little bit through the Christmas period and, and hasn't much rugby played this year. So he was... But he imagine was, the resilience to know that three or four weeks ago you're not involved in your Club 23 in the European game. And to rock yeah, up he, to the first game in the Six Nations and to back yourself that much, I just, yeah, I was just really annoyed. I actually was properly annoyed after um, after the game when I was just thrown through Twitter and people are just jumping on his bandwagon. And I just thought, if you just go back and look at it objectively, look at his ability to control the game, like that Doris, for the Doris try, Sexton's, Sexton's looking to go the other way and he just, he can see it. 
But secondly, his defensive work is so, so good, especially in that 20 minutes, second half. Yeah, it was a very good performance from Conor Murray. That's why we some, weekly some, ran over. Yeah, no, but Sorry. some of it is unfair. Some of it is justified a little bit with form, energy, pace, all that kind of stuff. That that's the stuff that, um, and I've all I've said this for a while. Everybody, I think, who's a genuine rugby fan would love to see Conor Murray get that zip and energy and that real top quality performance back in his game. I think he was stifled with the having to kick a lot with Munster in the last few years. Ireland kicked a fair bit um, and he suffered a little bit. Gibson Park has come in and, and he's uh, zip and been able to bounce in and out of rocks and make little half breaks and bring people into the game as well has been uh, tremendous for Ireland. But there's still a lot more in Conor Murray. Yeah. Okay, have you I got a couple more tweets? things. Yeah, so I've got two more, two more reallys that are... So one is in relation to the game and then one is in relation to you. So um, from divided three to Jeez. one... No, in a good way. From a Munster perspective, I don't understand how 2023's Gavin Coombs can't get on the bench when 2023's Conan can. His line perfor- lines performances are a long time ago. I just i I would like to know your opinion on this because it's um, it's been said it, it, it's people are talking about it quite a bit. I think Conan or Coombs has got in in exceptional form. I think Conan's struggling to get into the Leinster side. But we look at that credit in the bank and that's exactly what he Yeah, has. I still think um, Gavin Coombs has to deliver more Consistently. consistency. Yeah. Um, Jack Conner is a big player. He came on, he had some big moments in that game. Even though I, people are kind of talking about his form not being as good as it was, but I don't know. Um, they've so much strength and depth in the back row in Leinster that Leo Cullen can change and you know he's put Ryan Baird in at six in, in, in recent times Jack Connor's come off the bench he started um, some games as well but I just still think he's a top quality player mm. who has great experience he has real pace and energy in his game I think for Gavin um, there's a legitimate argument to say that he's ready um, and he's shown but it's not so long ago that he struggled in November and he was struggling yeah. a little bit months ago. I was just about to say what we've, what, And he's still very young. What we've seen has been very, very positive. And I think if he continues like that and continues to train really well with the Irish camp, I think he'll get his chance. He'll get an opportunity. Then he's got to do it out in the field. I think he can do it. So um, you could put Gavin Coombs in the bench for sure. Um, and... You could say that, yeah, it's 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 rolling the dice a bit, but it's giving him the opportunity. But I don't think there's a huge argument to say, well, drop Jack Conan and Gavin Coombs deserves to be there. I think Jack Conan has proven how good a player he is. And I do agree. And lots of people will, will agree with this. You know, Jack Conan, the, going on the lines and that form that he showed, incredible. But I still think he's a big, big game player. Yeah, and and a very big presence, but um, you know, Gavin Coombs has done really well, and we need to see more consistency yeah, from him. We do. Just the last week before we go, and I, I think I know the answer to this. But Peter tweeted you wanting to know from your playing career, what's your favourite moment while playing at the Millennium Stadium, which is now the Principality or or Cardiff. My favourite moment, personally, or t- from a team point of view, or I didn't say. <laughs> I don't know. I think obviously it's it's so. Um, um, I played with Ireland there. I think it was two thousand and three. And pretty sure it has to be the Heineken Cup final. 
No, I'm I, I'm I'm not. I haven't got onto that yet. But I played with Ireland there in 2003, and I remember the game. Um, I I think about ten minutes ago we were leading by two points, and I gave away a penalty. It was uh, an unlucky one of those arm out tackles. Penalty unlucky, Wales. Yeah. They kick. They kicked the penalty. Uh, very innocuous one. They kicked the penalty to go ahead, and uh, I was thinking, Jesus, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, I'm starting here for Ireland and Wales, and we're going to lose the game, and it's my penalty. But then Rog, I think uh, Rog popped up with a, a penalty to to win. Oh, the game. saving I, your bacon! I think we scored a try anyway. Obviously, it hasn't left left a lasting impression because I can't really remember. But I just remember the fear and the worry that time when I gave away that penalty. But yeah, oh oh eight oh six and oh eight were different. Both were both are different. I think oh six was even more special because. Um, I only came off the bench, but six months earlier, I thought my career was over. I thought it was finished. Um, I ruptured my cruciate over in, in sale in, in round one of the European Cup. Didn't think I'd get back that season. Um, I was in contract negotiations. Everything was looking good. Um, and then suddenly my knee happens on the Friday night and everything is thrown up in the air. The contract, uh, the future, the whole shooting match. And I thought it was over. And obviously it was an incredibly disappointing night. Uh, that night in Stockport when Sale beat us really well. I don't know if you remember, Chabal was playing and Sale had a very, very strong side. Frankie Sheehan damaged his neck. Frankie, I think it was the same, you know, career-threatening in, um, injuries for the two of us and we got walloped. Um, to get back at the end of that season and get on the field for four minutes, and I've said this openly many times, was was incredible just to be out on the field and after you know being involved with Monster for for a long period and having the disappointments of a couple of finals, semi-finals, and for Monster to finally be winning it, and potentially I was missing it, so I I made a late surge to get back. So that was really really special to be out there. And I remember sitting in the dressing room and I moved away on my own, and it was just I just felt so proud and so happy that I got back and experienced this. Didn't touch the ball. Didn't do a thing in the game. It was four minutes. <laughs> uh, ran, ran, ran around. Give any penalties away. That's no, that's no, no. I didn't do anything. I just ho- 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 hoping for the whistle, and uh, it happened. Um, 08 was really special because obviously I played the whole game, and even though I, I broke my thumb during the campaign and missed a couple of games, I still, you know, was was after the World Cup. I uh, went on to have a really, really uh, the World Cup in Bordeaux, where I didn't get to play with Ireland. Um, I went on to have a really good run of games with Munster and, um, you know, to get to that final and play the full match, it was just special. It was, they were special days. So probably, I, I don't know, I'm splitting hairs. Um, the four minutes in 06 was probably, was, they were just both incredible for different reasons, I think. But, I, you know, maybe if I had, you had to push me playing the whole match in 08 was, was incredible the second time. Very good. Very good. I didn't think you were going to pick that at the start. I was like... No, I was. And then, I, I, you know, I have great memories. In the Celtic Cup final, in two, Celtic League final in 2002, we played Neath. Um, we won. That was our first big trophy that we won. And uh, winning the league. And I scored a try from uh, just around the halfway line. I, <laughs> uh, Jason Holland kind of blocked a grubber through and I was come running inside him and just popped up in my hands and I took off and scored under the post. But I uh, great great memories there. Oh nine, I was there with Ireland when they won the Grand Slam. I was 24, 25th man for that whole Six Nations. Um, 
that whole campaign it was a brilliant background loads of brilliant players ahead of me um, that was incredible for Ireland as well you know winning that second Grand Slam there so but, good good memories in Wales already so yeah pretty good pretty good yeah. um, a few disappointing ones as well you know we got yeah. got a few hammerings there as well but anyway we better move on just the performance okay we've got the fans reaction for you you're taking it I, I think the start of the game was I was on commentary for it I was shocked not shocked that Ireland could do this, but shocked at the way they just... God they forbid so, there's a bit of positivity. Is that what you were talking about? No, they just they just look so good. Um, they look so good early on. Complete control, I think. Yeah. Uh, silence the crowd. What was your take of the match? Um, I thought it was incredible. First 25 minutes, I was blown away as well. But, in, but I wasn't shocked. I kind of felt like they had it in them, the way they were talking all week. And... Um, and I didn't think Gatland were going to be able to get enough of a bounce with those players. Um, I think that they're in dire need of, of fresh blood and a lot, a lot of issues in Wales for sure. But I just thought Ireland were ruthless and everything, in, especially in that first half. I thought they were so clinical and accurate. Their breakdown work was just incredible. And you hit the nail on the head earlier on. A lot to do with the ball carry as opposed to the people in support. I just thought it was it was it was good. Now I always thought Wales would come out at half time after half time and have a big purple patch. It's international rugby, like every game is hard. There's not gonna be any any walkovers in relation to blowing teams out of the water anymore. So I think Ireland's defence was unbelievable and I think that if you're sitting back after that game while you're going to talk about the penalty count and the inaccuracies and, and stuff like that, you're also going to be sitting there going like Wales could have had easily two, three more tries. We denied them two big plays on our own try line. And they were, were huge momentum killers, some pressure downers that, for them. Was that, was that Wales not being clinical enough or brilliant Irish defence? I thought because, it was brilliant Irish defence. Okay, so the time in opposition 22, and, and you know this as a coach, yeah. you, you always hear coaches, well, I hear them nowadays when they're interviewed, well, we had so many entries into the 22 and we didn't take this chance, that chance. Yeah. and. We weren't as efficient as we should be. So Ireland's, um, Wales's time in the opposition 22. So basically the time spent that they did in, in Ireland's 22 was three minutes, 30 seconds. Um, they got one try and one penalty in the game. Um, Ireland were five minutes and 44 seconds in Wales 22. So points visit, points per visit to the 22. Um, Wales 0.9 and Ireland 3.4. So that kind yeah. of tells the story. So I think that's that's really impressed me about Ireland at the start. The lineouts, you know, the target up the middle of the field, the quick breakdown, keeping the ball alive, getting to an edge, so much variety in their game. And then when they got in pretty close, you know, for Cale and Doris, they just overpowered Wales there with some brilliant carries. And Wales are a very good side that can turn the ball over. They've Tipperick and Jack Morgan's Morgan. really good. Um He's a brilliant player. Falatau is a great man on the poach as well. Alan Wynne-Jones. So they just couldn't get near the ball. Ireland were brilliant. No. Really quick rocks. And then Doris scores and then James Ryan scores. I think it's uh, it's it's such a clinical start from Ireland. And they grew in confidence. I think the James Lowe one is um, you know, fortuitous. Um, you think back two years ago, the time James Lowe had in in, in in the same pitch in the same game when Ireland were under pressure, he made some defensive mistakes and I love the fact 
that um, you know he's an incredible character and he's he's worked so hard in his defence, the timing and stuff. Um, so just, brilliant just, position for him. Yeah, completely. His ability to stay square until the very last second was from a defensive point, coaching point of view, was exactly what you'd it's want. Such all a big, young, a big improvement, we, isn't it? You'd want all young wingers to be looking at that. So it's ahead of the player inside him, but he's not really ahead of the ball, and that allows him then to, to accelerate onto the ball and stare. The big thing about that is there was another opportunity for Bigger to throw that pass in the second half. Lowe was three players in around him and all it took was a, like a double pump or a bridge pass from Bigger. And and Gary, Gary Ringrose stumbled and then... But yeah, no, ta- but I'm talking about in the second half when they had a lot of possession and the fact that James Lowe had already intercepted one, I think it puts doubt in Dan Bigger's mind because he looks up and he just doesn't throw it. He just hits the easy pass and then he just looks to come back again. So... Um, that was really, really good, and I was delighted for him. So it's a really good try. Yeah, because people will ask, well, well, what is it about Ireland that's so good? And I think obviously their skill set, their collective. They lost four rocks in the game, um, which is you know 103 rocks won, and they've lost four, so it's a very high number. Um, you know, they had five breakdown steals. Wales had three, so their their stats around that back up the type of kind of performance. Wales had six line breaks. Ireland had six line breaks. And this is one that kind of really jumps out. We won't go too many more on the stats, but turnovers won. Wales had three. Ireland had nine. And mm. I think that is a real area as well that Ireland have struggled in the last number of visits to Cardiff, the breakdown. Tiprick, yeah. uh, Josh Navidi, Warburton, all these brilliant back row players that have played for Wales have caused yeah. total damage at the breakdown. Ireland knew that, obviously, and they've become a very, very efficient side. Just to move on, okay, brilliant. Um, you know, you could pick little things that they didn't do well, like um, uh, probably controlling things in the second half. Uh, you know, everyone's asking, why Why did Wales have this 20-minute period where they had so much possession? Was that down to Wales' reaction? Was it down to Ireland not being to control it? As a coach, what would you do different if you were Ireland? Without going too technical, is it a case of yeah, no, uh, the I, discipline I think, was poor as well? Yeah, I, I think you've got to... I think from an Irish point of view, definitely you, you're, you're honing in this week on their ability to stay in the moment. I didn't think they were in the moment for that 20 minutes after the second half. I think they allowed... Um, Wales momentum in and, and access in through those penalties. What do you You're do looking, different as as an I, Irish team? You don't really need to do a huge amount different because you know that the, the the prospect of what's coming down the road in France is going to be completely another. No, different but I mean in Wales that is. in that moment, can Ireland do anything different? Like, is it a case of don't jump in and give away the penalties? I thought maybe they could have kicked a little bit more longer to get out of their half and maybe push Wales up the field. Um, yeah, look, you're looking at game management. Like, look at the Johnny Sexton crossfield, Peter O'Mahony. That was very, very lucky. Risky. Risky. But then you're, you, what's happened is, is that they've had such a good spell and they know at halftime that they've already won this game. The mindset's so much different. It's very difficult to try and rein that in. The biggest thing that you need to, and which I thought was very good and they will be pleased about it is, once you kind of switch off even a small bit at this level and you have four teams to be able to gain momentum and time on the ball and then all of a sudden the pressure or, or the, the momentum has switched and Wales have all the momentum and you're trying to get it back, it's very difficult to not get sucked into that and try extra hard and then you're all of a sudden, you know, you're 20 points up and it's 10 points and it's five points. and all, You know what I mean? 
their ability to get back and get get that try from Josh van der Fleer will will be huge for them. But yeah, look, I just think in that moment, I just think I think they're already conserving themselves for next week. You were impressed, though. I was impressed. It's, mm, it's a so great good. start because it's a very difficult place to go. And I was worried yeah. about Warren Gatland and his ability to, you know, emotionally get the pitch right for 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 the Welsh team. They're under a lot of pressure, so I think Ireland deserved this. Obviously, a bit of growth in in that mental side of things just after half time. Um, their scramble defence was brilliant. Uh, the Andrew Porter tackle. I was just going to ask brilliant. you about that. So I want to ask you because we had a tweet in earlier on in relation to. Justin Tipperick hand in the face for um Yeah, I saw a tweet James someone Ryan. said to me that yeah. um, someone said in the tweet basically without reading it out is um is they were disappointed that I was kind of playing it down and off the ball yesterday. I, I certainly wasn't. Um it's a very serious situation. I was just trying to make the point and maybe didn't come across like that, that I don't think there was any sort of intention. I think the way James Ryan is falling and Justin Tipperick is trying to grab the hand. The ball almost. The hand yeah. goes on his face for sure. Yeah. Um, you'd have so, to ask James Ryan. He doesn't get up off the ground reacting, complaining to the referee, talking to his captain. So maybe it's just a split seconds situation. Yeah. So I certainly and, this, and, and sometimes the picture, a still picture of a moment in rugby can. I, I know look all about way it. Worse. I know all about it. Yeah. 2009 <laughs> Croke Park. Um, so there's obviously that incident, right? And to be fair, I thought Carl Dixon actually had quite a good game. And then we're looking at Andrew Porter and Liam Williams. What was your thought on that? Well, I thought, and, and I said this in commentary, I thought Andrew Porter, he's a second late, but he's sliding along the ground and he's trying to target the ball. He doesn't go in with a swinging arm. There's no knees. There's no shoulder into the back of the ribs. Um, it's complete kind of a wrap situation. And yes, it's late, but it's a split second and he's sliding Gosh. along the ground. Yeah, there's I thought no, it was... There's no physical harm I thought it was harm done very whatsoever. Much and the very reaction much from the Welsh players that, was... Yeah, I thought Lee from, Williams saw a knee on the neck. Like, So if you're going to look at one from a coaching point of view, so Gatton comes out and he's talking about Andrew Porter, you you got to kind of turn around and be like, well, you know, your own players, like literally his knee is on Andrew Porter's neck. Um, I just don't. Yeah, I think they should. They should have looked at that, the TMO and the assistant and the referee, yeah. and realised that this this was a no complete overreaction from the Welsh players. But they were pumped at that stage. Yeah. Then you had the Liam Williams one where Henderson barely touched him. He dropped down. Um, what gets, you, What was your take on the Liam Williams yellow card? Out of curiosity, I thought it was, and I said this again. You can go back and listen to me if you don't believe me. I said I thought letter of the law. It's a yellow. I thought a penalty would have been enough. I think yeah. there wasn't any sort of force as regards swinging arms or forward momentum. So it's one of those ones that it's somewhere in between the yellow and the penalty, if you yeah. know what I mean, that it can swing yeah. either way. And either way, you can't, you, I can't, and it's hard for the Welsh players, um, Welsh fans, because they think Johnny Sexton is feigning it. Um, and he made the most out of it. They, th- they think, they say online, but, there's contact there with top of the arm and shoulder into the, into the head area, and you know we've it's frustrating sometimes if it was Johnny Sexton or if it was Hugo Keenan doing that to Dan Bigger as fullback to out half the opposite way around, you'd be disappointed a little bit. But when you peel it back, take the emotion out of it, letter the law. It's mm. it's a yellow, but I think it's a harsh ish yellow if you know what I mean. So yeah, um, but. Um, 
these things happen and uh, and and unfortunately I don't think it was the reason why Wales lost the game. I think um their slow start. I think they showed in the second half that their their capabilities, um their discipline was really poor and it cost them so much in the in in that in that um first half. Ireland were really brilliant, deserve a lot of credit. But looking forward to France, so I there was um just from a Munster point of view, um Tyburn, Peter O'Mahony, Connor Murray started. Um, will that be the case this week against France? Uh, Dave Kilcoyne was on the bench. Keen Healy is out, and I thought it was brilliant to see Dave Kilcoyne back. He looks brilliant. He looks strong again. He does. I think he's really physical. much. He's working so hard. We see. I see him in, no, I, I, on I, days I, off on months or down days. I see him running. I see him conditioning. I see. You know what I mean. He's in the gym the whole time. He's, and he's it's been he's a really a pro- tough road for him injury wise. So it's been great. It's great for him. It's very. It has been very difficult. I think I met him. I saw him over in Portugal. I bumped into him, and he looks physically big again. So he, he looks like he's got his strength back, and he's a very explosive prop. And I think uh, it was great to see him back out in the field. I hope Keen Healy is okay. Um, I, we don't want to create any kind of monster Leinster scenario no, but here. Healy's already been ruled out for next weekend. Yeah, so he, I, that's what I mean. Yeah, get so, a, a, a good run in there course. again. So and and he's been incredible. And Craig Casey did really well when he came on. Yeah. Um, we ha- before we leave kind of the performance, I just think Andrew Porter gave away some penalties, but I just think his work rate is phenomenal as a loser. Oh, um, Kaelin Doris, just different planets, Josh van der Fleer, um, Hugo Keenan, a fullback, Ring Rose. Like, there's so many players you could pick out there that are just top performers. They're in real yeah. form at the moment. It doesn't mean that uh, they won't experience a few speed bumps along the way and um, but some really big performances from Ireland I just thought their composure and as you said defensive effort at really important times was brilliant looking ahead to France um, France stuttered in Italy a little bit I think any neutral was kind of roaring, oh, what a good game that was Italian. though what a good game that was yeah it was and it was a bit of a wake up call and a bit of a fright for, for France Um Italy were brilliant um, up to the point of them you know, winning last year in the last game of the Six Nations they'd lost 36 games in the trot so um, they stopped that rot with um, with the win in, in against Wales and started this championship um, with a really good performance I think they, they made it very difficult for France at times so we possibly have with, with respect to Italy a situation here where France kind of were in third gear yeah, um, and underperformed and their discipline was shocking that won't be the case in Dublin will it two years no. ago they came here and they beat us 15-13 with no crowds yeah. um, they're a very powerful side but how do you see Saturday going and do you see any changes uh, I, I don't really see any changes to be honest I think that you've got to reward that I thought I know that we keep talking about Bundy's impact when he came on but that's exactly what you need from your bench players and I think that McCluskey um, against the likes of Dante and Ficao was going to be huge defensively and we need somebody big and a big man like that. So, um, yeah, look, I think um, I don't really envisage any change. I thought they all worked incredibly well. I think Ireland are going to win this game. And it's not often I'd say that, but I think going to France last year and France being so good and so powerful, like they were so... They ran over Ireland the times last year and they made really hard work of our scrum and stuff. And our, and the biggest thing for me, that Ireland were still in that game um, towards the end. They never died down. And then we went to New Zealand and then we beat 
South Africa and we know exactly what's happened over November and that momentum brings you in and the fear factor of the power becomes lessened the more that you do it. And I just think that Ireland at home um, playing, you know, so well, I just, yeah, I, I do think Ireland they, will they, win. They've obviously got to be smart in the way they play um, and move, move, move the ball a fair bit because it's a very I think powerful. they were, sorry, I think they were so, so smart last weekend. They showed nothing. Yeah, they knew I think, they had it won and they didn't have to show anything. Obviously, the big strength for France is that front row. Cyril Boy, Marchand, Antonio. Uh, Willem said there's no uh, Cameron Walkie. He's injured. Flamand played last week and got a try. Um, back row is pretty good too. Jelanche, Olivon and Aldrit. So there's a lot of big, strong, abrasive players yeah. there. A little bit of a debate in France about Intimac and Jalibert. Maybe some people saying Jalibert should start. I actually thought Intimac played really well last weekend in terms of mm. his ability to... You know what I mean? I thought he, I did compared to where he was four or five weeks ago. Yeah, there's some people calling for for uh, for in, in, um, for Jalibert. Dupont is world class. He, you know, it's a top performance nearly every week for him. Player of the match, he had it at the weekend again. So there's a lot of watching in them. Um, they're a very powerful, strong side. Um, so if you were to call it now before we kind of finish, um, do, you know, do you know it's going to be an unpopular thing? What would worry me a small bit is. If Villiers is back and um, he's up against Mac Hansen, I thought the other day at times uh, Mac Hansen's defence, his ability to chase kicks, he seems to read the flight of the ball a little bit, you know, different, not as well as others. He seems to be jumping past the ball a lot, but also defensively he turns in quite a bit. And um, Wales got a lot of change down that right hand, that right hand wing, that right side. So, yeah, I would be a little bit worried about that. It's something that they look at. They have a number of injuries, of course, France, and they have a lot of new mm. players on the bench. Psychologically, is it imperative that we win, or would this be a, would there be damage done if we lost this game? It's not like stating the obvious. You lose the game. depending on the loss. I mean, I'm talking about the bigger lose. bigger picture World Cup. How, they how beat depend- us again. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think a lot depends on how we lose. If it's a case that we play really, really well, front up very, very well. And they come up at a moment of Dupont magic, then you know sometimes you just kind of hold your hands up and say. But it's a case that if we get you know struggle up front and find uh, that we're not getting parity, then that could definitely put a little that bit of doubt in our minds. But I just don't think I don't think we will knowing. But like there's also parity is like knowing that Furlong's injured and um, Robbie Henshaw, Gibson, Robbie Park. Henshaw, Gibson. Park. You know what I mean? These guys that are physical in terms of their and abrasive. Um, but yeah, look, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I still think Ireland. I think Ronan Keller is a very important Ireland, player to yeah. Ireland going forward as well. You know, um, such a brilliant, brilliant hooker has been very unlucky with injuries. I think for Ireland psychologically, it's uh, there's a there's more for them to gain. Obviously, they're going to try and win a, a Grand Slam if they do that and try and keep going. But I just think come the World Cup, I think they need. They've beaten everyone else. Um, mm. I think psychologically, this would be a nice one to to to, um, uh, to get uh, to win on Saturday. But it's going to be very difficult. I I I am sure we're going to see a different France, a more uh, clinical f- French team, and Ireland are going to have to play well. But um, slight favourites, which is uh, dangerous and risky sometimes. But anyway, we look forward to it. You're calling a win so for Ireland, narrow win. Yeah, I am calling. I probably them. am as well. Okay, just a little bit of monster news before we finish. Obviously, Roman Salano getting called up was really important for him. You talk about the psychological um, 
progress and development that he's made. I think it's it's good for him to be in there. He was in that Emerging Ireland Tour. Uh, we're seeing a little bit of a run of games out of him. He's going to be very important. John Ryan is is obviously gone now to the Chiefs, so he's got to step up. Um, that's really good. RG Snyman and Munster released a, pr- a press release, and this will excite Munster fans even more. Um, he's upped his training load and now taking part in the vast majority of training. Is there a chance we'll see him against the Ospreys Friday week, or is it too soon? I'd Maybe. imagine you. Yeah, I think it might be the previous, uh, the following two weeks. The, the Scarlets match. Scarlet okay, well, it'd be third, it'd yeah. be brilliant to have him back. Yeah, I'd be cautious. And then Munster played Glasgow, and uh, yeah, then it's obviously off to South Africa for the Heineken Cup, and then. Just a bit of news, though, and I, I suppose on Andrew Conway is probably the biggest thing that came out of that. That um, you know he's had another uh, procedure on his knee, and um, it's going to likely be uh, another three or four months rehabbing, which is just really desperate time for him, considering um, you know twelve months ago he was nailed on to start the World Cup, like and unlikely now to make it. So yeah, look, you just feel we got to really feel for him. His momentum's been stopped a small bit, but hopefully this will be the end of it for him and he can just start fresh now, have a really good pre-season into him and, and start fresh next year. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I, you feel fair. It's a, an, a horrendous situation for him now that he's, um, you know, he's had such a dreadful run with the injuries and having to go back and get another operation on his knee, his knee is, is, is so disappointing. Um we wish him well and the other players who are out injured. Just finally, before we go, the 20s and Friday night, what an incredible game it was. Um, Brian Gleeson, the number eight from Lockmore and Tipperary. have to get the Tipperary bit in. He got player of the match, not by me, by the Welsh commentators. Um, Ruan Quinn scored a try, another Munster player. Um, Danny Sheehan, Evan O'Connell and Jacob Sheehan. So Danny and Jacob are Frankie Sheehan's nephews yeah. and Evan O'Connell is Paul's nephew. So there's five monster forwards um, involved in the 23. Two starters, Ruan Quinn and Brian Gleeson. They're unbelievably they were, yes. strong, powerful players. Yeah. yeah, very very good players. I think, look, it, James McNabney, their partner in the back row, was outstanding as well. Connor I, I just thought it was a really brilliant performance across yeah, the board. Dear, they, they would have to withhold a lot of pressure. Dear yeah. McMang and Paddy McCarthy, Joe McCarthy's brother on the front row, yeah. the captain, they Gus McCarthy. Good. You could keep rattling the names off. Sam Prendergast, Sam Sonny Prendergast. Bill Williams is tweeting about the offload. Yeah. Um, so no, it's, 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 a lot it's a great more performance for them. Uh, considering, you know, that they're a group that's hasn't played a lot of rugby together because of COVID and stuff and they've missed out on a lot of international underage honours so to be able to go for a performance in Wales like that in Colwyn Bay which is just in the back of nowhere time, terms of trying to get there I just thought it was it was brilliant they pissed. The, ability, the beauty of that level is that you just want to move the ball you just want them to have have a crack at it So it was brilliant and um, it was lo- lovely to meet a lot of these players parents um, yeah, yeah. Obviously they're probably not younger big, than you though Quinny, at a big it? a big massive stadium the cheeky a big mass <laughs> it's not a big massive stadium it's very small it's uh, um, ground Um Lovely place, a lovely, a lovely stadium. And um, a lot of the play- parents were kind of congregating at the back of the stand or around the stand. And I met loads of them. And I just thank God, it's lovely these, these yeah. kind of, this journey for the, you know, to see yeah. the kids out playing for Ireland. And um, it was lovely to see that. And they were brilliant. Um, and yeah. they made some mistakes, but Richie Murphy has done a really good job 
Um, he yeah. did a brilliant job winning a Grand Slam last year. And this this group looked like a team. They're a big physical side. I think tactically they made some errors and mistakes, which you look at. But it was lovely to see. And um, we it's so it's so far up Cowlin Bay uh, in the north of Wales. We flew into Manchester, David McIntyre and myself on Friday, an hour and twenty minutes from Manchester to Cowlin Bay. And then four hours down to Cardiff. Friday I know, night. my dad was over in Cardiff. He was going to go, to be fair. Just a word on that group. You know, Jack Oliver's Munster's Academy Scrum Half was in that group originally. Probably would have got game time and starts in there, but picked up a pretty bad injury last week. So he's had a bit of surgery. So he's on the men. So we just want to wish him the best of luck as well, to be fair. Yeah, we've he's missed out the last two years in Ireland with, um, with, with injuries. So it's, it's just frustrating for him. And we've no monster backs in the under, other, yeah. other than that. Monster backs. We need to start producing some monster backs. There's some good forwards coming through, but um, not just the monster players there. There was some brilliant performances throughout from, from that from that Irish under-20 side. They're, they're playing in Cork this weekend now and as of today, I think there's only about 300 tickets left. So if you're looking to get in there Friday evening, get out and support them and get a ticket. Yeah, I saw it was, it, was, it was nearly sold out, um, yeah. which is brilliant. Um, so that's it for episode 57. Um, good luck, enjoy the week. Um, we'll be looking forward to the, the Munster game next week. We'll obviously review Ireland-France and we'll look forward to uh, the Munster-Ospreys game on Friday week. And... Uh, Get in touch, send us a tweet, um, give us your thoughts and comments on the Irish performance or what do you think is going to happen against the Ospreys. Thank you, Neve. Talk to you next week. See you later. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. <laughs> <laughs>